the goal and the uh, mission statement of Eastgate this morning, sort of off a different track. As you came in this morning before I stole it, you may have seen the, the banner that we've got there. And um, this is to keep on reminding us of something, that we should be knowing the word, um, living the word, proclaiming the word for the glory of the name. And I want to just walk through that and lead us down memory lane for some of us or create perhaps a joint memory of our purpose and what we're trying to do. And that essentially is bring glory to God in everything. Um, C.S. Lewis once said, uh, we can easily imagine conditions far higher than any of us have really reached. And if we describe what we have imagined, we may make others and make ourselves believe that we have really been there. And I guess what I'm trying to say this morning is that a lot of this is aspirational and stuff that we're all on a journey towards maturity in Christ and I haven't got there and, um, and, I, and all of us haven't got there. So what I'm going to present to you is things that I've come to understand in, in God's word that have led me to give glory to God. Uh, Paul said, after he'd been saying that we have got a wonderful treasure in jars of clay, and he was saying the treasure is Jesus Christ, the treasure is his word, it is God's word, and the treasure is, is eternal life in peace with God. We have this wonderful treasure in jars of clay, and he was saying he was a jar of clay. We are jars of clay, you know, chipped and maybe the one in the garden that, that's sort of all dirty and, and muddy. That's, that's, that's where we are and that's where I am this morning. So don't believe that I've got it all together. I haven't. Um, this is a journey that we're all on and something that, that we can enjoy together and uh, look together. I want to open in prayer, if we can. I confess that I don't have it all together. We don't have it all together. None of us do. Only you are God, and only you know all the ways of your character and all the ways of righteousness and all the ways of holiness. Please lead us this morning. Help us to grow in you, to understand your plan for us more. We ask that you'll teach us your ways, transform us by the living word that we might um, know your good and perfect will. Please help us to hear you and to respond with eagerness and humility. I do ask that you'll lead me this morning and especially as I've had yet again problems with this technology. Lord, please, I ask for your guidance and your leading that we might enjoy you more, praise you more, and give you more glory. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Uh, before we get on, um, I'd like to say that our mission statement is know the word, live the word, and proclaim the word. And our goal is for the glory of God, for the glory of the name. And I want to mix 
this up a bit and talk about the name and the glory of God and then go on to talk about our mission statement and putting it together. Um, bit, bit dry. I don't know if you guys have got mission statements for your life, for your personal life or where you're going or maybe you're involved in work. Um, I hope this isn't it. Uh, the, um, one of the big problems that you've got, we've got is if we haven't got a goal, we wander all over the place. If by any chance you are in this place, then there's, there's two verses I'd, I'd love to leave with you. Um, and one of them is, is from Psalms. Uh, the, and I'll have to tell you personally, because I haven't got it written down by the look of it, but it, it is a prayer to God to lead us to a higher place, out of the mire of, of, of the muck that we're in in life, and to a rock, which is Jesus Christ, that we might stand upon him and depend upon him. I guess the other thought I've got is, if you're in a mess that you can't, really see your way forward past this weekend or next weekend, Jesus says, um, come to me who all you who are burdened and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Okay, so we move on from there and we say... This, know the word live the word, proclaim the word for the glory of the name, leads me to ask, why on earth do we say the name? Well, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Why, why not for the glory of God? Why not for the glory of our wonderful Lord Jesus Christ? You know, um, each one of us when we get into a situation, tend to zero in, well, I don't know about each one, I tend towards zeroing in to a particular application of who God is in this context. When we have communion, I think of Jesus as my saviour, as my Lord, as the one who died for me, and those are the sort of things I think about. I forget about all of the other hundreds and hundreds of glorious aspects of God when I hear the word God or when I hear Jesus Christ. When we have the name, the name, it's like a bit of a shock value. It's sort of open-ended and one can start to think of all the other names of God, all the other characteristics of God. Um, Just picking on a couple um, from Isaiah. For under to us, a child is born. We're talking about Jesus Christ unto us. A son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we know Jehovah Jireh, uh, at my provider, and there's hundreds of, of names that characterise God. They give us a little snippet or an insight into who he is. And we can spend the rest of the day looking at names of God and, and we would still not get to the totality of who God is. Um, I, in preparation, I was watching videos on the names of God on, on, on YouTube 
and there's some pretty good ones. If you're interested, have a look. There's some good ones there. Okay, so for the glory of the name, we do mean for the glory of God. We do mean for the glory of our wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. Um, glory of the name should be the end point. It's the goal of Eastgate, but it should be the goal of every one of us. We should be looking for everything in our day, everything in our life to be, give glory to God. And when we give glory to God, um, we really can't add anything to God. You know, I was thinking of this. Is it like there's a bucket here for of God's glory, and I'm going to give God some more glory. Well, no, it's not like that. It's like looking out at a wonderful, wonderful sunset, and you take a picture of it. You do, you've got that picture, and, and that picture will remind you of the glory of that sunset, but it hasn't added to that sunset. It hasn't changed that sunset. That sunset was beautiful before and remains so. You've just got this snapshot of it. And when we give glory to God, what we're doing is just acknowledging that little snapshot of what we see of God at that time. And it should be an expression of your heart and your mind and, and everything in you. Why do we give glory to God? We give glory to God because he is glorious. Um, He is glorious. Um, I've got this lovely word. I pull it out at least once every 20 years. Regularly every 20 years. Ineffable. It means you can't describe it. God is ineffable. His glory is so great, so wonderful that we just cannot de- see or declare or, or imagine how great he is when we give. So he is glorious. He is wonderful. You know, um, just a couple of verses there. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Or the first verse of the Bible In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We worship the one who put the stars in their place, who created life, who made the cells of everything. Um, Every atom is from God. Or our reading this morning, all things were made through him, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All things were made through him, and without him, was not made anything that was made. Yeah. The second reason that we give glory to God is because he wants us to. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Uh, The key here is, is... that when we trust in ourselves, we're doing exactly the opposite to this. Um, we're trusting in, in ourselves. Um, I'm sure we've got some more. The, I haven't got my slides visible to me anymore, so I'm having to trigger off here. So my apologies for that. I'll be out of step quite a bit from time to time.
Um, don't lead, lean on your own understanding. One of the problems is that when we go through our day, we keep on working on automatic. We keep on doing what we were doing. We keep on acting um, according to our own mind. God says, don't lean on your own understanding because that's really arrogance. Um, we need to acknowledge him in all the things we do. And so whether whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do everything to the glory of God. That means giving glory to God. That means everything. But we don't stop there. That's only part of the package. God says, delight yourself in the Lord. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He wants us to to enjoy him. Um, But he would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. We're supposed to enjoy him and uh, be satisfied in him. Uh, I guess there's two summaries that I'd like to bring before you. One of them is um, from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It's the very, very first question. What is the chief end of man? And the answer to that is the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Why Why should we glorify God because he's glorious and he wants us in this uh, wonderful relation with him that we might enjoy him forever. John Piper also um, summarised this in a different way. He said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And he's got an organisation called Desiring God and that's their slogan. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. You know, as we enjoy God, as we look to him for our strength and our direction and our leading and our everything, and we are satisfied in him, when we're in peace with him, then he is most glorified in our lives. It's not what we say, it's how we think and how we relate to him. And so, at Eastgate, we do these things. We do everything. Know the word, love the word, live the word, and proclaim the word for the glory of God, for the glory of the name. When we get to knowing the word, we really mean two separate things. It's sort of like a play on word and it's um, particularly why we keep it in capital letters or uh, initial W. We mean know the living word as well as knowing scripture, the Bible. Um, It's pretty important. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God All things were made through him and without him was uh, not anything made that was made and in him is life. Pretty amazing, our God. And the Bible goes on to say, 
and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen his glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This word, the one who created heaven and earth, came into the world that we might know him, God. Jesus said, I, my Father, am uh, one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We are seeing the character of God and the nature of God when we see Jesus Christ. When we come to know him, we know God. You know, when I think of knowing Jesus Christ, I'm kind of stuck of how to summarise this because you, you could spend hours talking about his character and who he is again. So I'm stuck with the word ineffable. He, you know, he is, he is glorious. He is wonderful. You know, the wonderful thing is he wants us in relationship with him. And so knowing the living word is about knowing him personally. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your saviour, then nothing else matters. Nothing else can save you from your sins. We can never have the peace that passes all understanding without having the peace from Jesus Christ. And in particular, the knowledge of forgiveness of sin and the being able to relate to Father God is Abba Father, our, our dear Father, Daddy God. Um, you cannot have that if you're left in your sins, if you don't know Jesus Christ. You may know a lot about God, but it doesn't mean anything. We've got to know the living word. Um, I want to read, don't have that verse, what do you know? There's a verse from Matthew. Jesus was saying, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. One can know a great deal about God without knowing God. You can know a great deal about God without knowing God. These people had identified um, him as God. They were trying to serve him. They were doing a lot of things, but they weren't in relationship with Jesus Christ. They didn't know him, and Jesus, God said... Apart from me, I never knew you. These people um, were probably sincere in trying to obey God, but obeying God is, or trying to obey God or trying to live a good life is just not enough. God said, depart from me, I never knew you. The all-knowing God knows their hearts and mine. He knows our hearts and mine. And Jesus is saying they didn't know him, he didn't know them. Unfortunately, knowing about God doesn't save you. Knowing about the Father doesn't save you, or the Son, or the Holy Spirit. 
knowing all this and, and trying to be obedient doesn't save you. Uh, another verse, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. James recounted that. There's only one way. There is only one way. That's repent and believe. Um, and I want to quickly walk through you through this. This is a picture of the cross. I'm going to call it Redemption Hill because we're going to sing a song about Redemption Hill afterwards. The hill, Golgotha, uh, where Jesus died, um, the where his cross was, where he bled for us. There's only one way we can come to Jesus Christ. God says it's repent and believe. And I just mentioned, you see, here repent all the time. But I don't know about you. In my daily life, I keep on going my way. Repent means turn around and go God's way. And first of all, we have to determine to turn to God and go his and determine to go his way. Repent means saying, Hey, I'm recognize this is wrong. I want to go your way. That's the, the core of it. Believe believes means um, believe that he is and God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and be prepared to declare it in your heart and your mouth and you will be saved. The, I've changed the cross into sort of accounting speak. Now, it's a bit, bit like general ledger um, and a bit like but not exactly the same. doesn't matter. On the credit side of God, he's righteous, holy, perfect. Everything about him is good. There is no debit side in Jesus Christ. Um, he is perfect. He is without sin and without blemish. He was tempted when he came to earth exactly like us, but was without sin. We, on the other hand, are sinful creatures and we don't have anything on the credit side, really. In fact, we have not enough to get us to God. For all have sinned and fall short, way short, of the glory of God. God is so glorious, we're like dirt. And we're stuck here and we come before God and we say, please God, please forgive us. And the great transaction that uh, some people refer to comes out of a wrong verse. Oh no, it probably is Second Corinthians 5.21. For our sake he made him, that's Jesus Christ, to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. His righteousness is now counted as our righteousness. And on the cross, and only on the cross, Jesus Christ took our sin and it was counted to him as sin. And he paid the penalty of that sin on our behalf.
if you don't know Christ, then this day confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in him, in your, uh, in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, there's another group of people who don't know a lot about uh, godliness, but, or rather they know a lot about godliness, and they're, they're, they're Christians, but they hardly know God at all. They're saved, but they're essentially living lives not full of joy or purpose or anything else. They haven't learnt a key truth of life, and that is you cannot live a, a victorious Christian life. What? You can't do it. Only Jesus living in you can do and be holy and righteous. We need Jesus Christ to live through us. Hey, look on the back of the seat in front of you and you'll see that there's a keyboard. No, you won't. You'll see there's no keyboard like that. Okay, I'm going to get you to press this keyboard. Well, sort of. Um, Here's a question for you. How much of the unpleasantness or the pleasantness of life that you're living in your life to date or right now doesn't matter to you because the wonderfulness of your relationship to Jesus Christ. Okay, one one to ten. Where ten is really great relationship, I just don't care. Paul said... Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. It's really count them as dung. As, 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 yeah, I'm not going to say that, but at any rate. Um, count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. Hey, you know, my register hasn't shown what you didn't press. Um, So I'll put it different words. Looking back in your life, you've had good things happen to you, you've had bad things happen to you. You're in a situation that's good or bad now. To what extent is your joy complete in Christ? How much of your joy depends on what is happening around you, your situation or Anything else? And I guess that's the button that we press and I really um, don't know what you've pressed and it doesn't matter. Um, But one thing I can predict, the number that you pick, depending on where it was between 1 and 10, it also predicts the amount that you trust in God the amount that you believe in him as the one who will provide for you, the one how much you believe he supplies your need, will direct your life, is guiding your life and teaching you. Look, it doesn't mean that that you'll have it all roses if you believe in God and if you trust in God. Um, he said, count it, or James said, count it all joy, my brothers, 
when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and steadfastness, to have its full effect, um, will provide... uh, Oops, try that again. And let steadfast have its full effect, that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And... Man is born to trouble as sparks fly up, which, you know, life will not be perfect and there will be hard times. The secret of enjoying life in Christ is to trust him, look to him. And um, the key of knowing Jesus in a a key and intimate way is um, pretty important. You know, we've got a positional relationship with Jesus, just like we've got a positional relationship with Queen. You know, she's our sovereign Queen. We are her subjects. I don't know how many here have had dinner with her or breakfast or had chats with her over over croquet or something or other. Um, that's our positional relationship. We've got a positional relationship before God with Jesus Christ. He's our saviour, our redeemer, our Lord. He's our God and so much more. But we need to have and enjoy the personal relationship. Uh, It's the lover of our soul. He's our friend. Is he confident? Do you want to spend more time with him? Do you spend time with him? Is he the one you trust? Are you eager to know more about him? Is he the one that you um, look to for help every day? Um, Change slides. There's another part of this. Know the word, meaning uh, our relationship with Jesus, the living word. And the other is knowing scripture, the, the Bible. And we're told that all scripture is breathed out by God. That means he created it. He, he, he has caused it to be the way it is. And because of that, it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That the man of God, woman of God, for each one of us, may be complete, complete equipped for every good work. This is the goal of, the, of scripture, that we might become complete, equipped, for every good work. The, um, one of the problems with scripture is it's got a lot of knowledge in it. And the main thing about scripture is we don't want to, um, to use it as information. We don't want to be informed by what well, we do. What we really want is to be transformed by it. We want to allow God to transform us by his word that we might know his good and perfect will to become more mature in him. I was going to relate to you uh, a little bit about um, how God has been challenging me about saying um, if the Lord wills, I will do this or do that. I'm going to leave that for you to uh, go and, and chase that if you're interested. The Lord, he says that if we keep on saying we're going to do this or do that, we are arrogant. 
we should be saying, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. And I'm trying to pick that up in my life so that I can keep on remembering, God is God, I'm not. Okay. I want to jump on. That was very brief to say we should be looking at the word, reading the word, studying the word, but not for the information, but so that he will change us. Which leads me to living the word. And we sort of talked about most of these things, but I just want to add two more things to living the word. Um, God says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These things you will not despise. You know, Old Testament, lots of blood sacrifices, they all pointed to Jesus Christ being, being the sacrifice in our place. But this did not change. The sacrifices that God really loves is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, a God you will not despise. What he's saying again is, you know, as Christians, as people who are following God, we keep on depending on ourselves. And I do it daily, and I know you do too. God says, hey, don't depend on yourself. Keep on turning back to God. Please keep on saying to yourself, you cannot do it yourself. Turn to him. Depend on him. Um, it's Micah 6.8. That's the light, light correction. He told you, a mortal, that means one who will die. He told you, in other translations, a man, or one of mankind, you people. He has told you, people, what is good, what the Lord requires of you. This is, is eternally true. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. God is holy, righteous, good, full of justice and truth. And he wants us to emulate him. He doesn't want us to shortchange the tax man. He doesn't want us to lie. He doesn't want us to do anything that would uh, besperch his holiness, his justice, what is right. We are to do justice. God is also loving God, wonderful God, and he wants us to emulate him in that and to love kindness and to express kindness by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This is the very character of God. God is love. He wants us to love kindness and do kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And it means, again, recognising you can't do it in your own strength. I like the Living Bible's version of Proverbs 1.7. How does a man become wise? The first step is to trust and revere the Lord. Only fools refuse to be taught. We have to keep on saying, we don't know at all. Look to God. The other part, 
So being humble is the core first bit. The next bit is to present yourselves as living sacrifices. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. This is really the sacrifice God wants that we every day, because um, uh, some guy, D.L. Murdy, in fact, said, the problem with living sacrifices is that it keeps crawling off the altar. Is that you? It's certainly me. So every day we need to present ourselves as living sacrifices to God. This is holy and acceptable to God. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds through the word, through your relationship with Jesus Christ, that you might discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. This is to live the word. Um, Two things. Be humble before God. Turn to God. Don't try it. Doing living life yourself. Look to him for your strength, for your direction, your knowledge, your, your, your provision. And the second bit, present yourself daily as a living sacrifice to God. Wake up in the morning and say, today I commit this day to you, Lord. Please guide me and lead me. Proclaim the word. This really is about proclaiming the word to each other, to declare each, the word to each other, to remind each other, but also to others. And um, oh, I did mean, missed out one little thought I wanted to bring uh, with regard to living the word. Someone once said, in fact, I was reading it this week. Um, God doesn't want to be our helper. He wants to be our life. He doesn't want to work us to work for him. He wants us to let him to work through us. He wants to use us in the same way that we use a pen to write, or better still, using us as one of his, his fingers. Jesus put it this way, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in them, he it is who bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you haven't got it, We have to be humble before God. Let him do it through us. Don't do it yourself. Don't try to do it yourself. Out of our relationship with God, because we know Jesus Christ and know that he is the word of life, because we know that people are heading towards a cliff to an eternity of life without God, Every horrible thing you could ever think of that is 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 going to be there, I think. Um, God is good, and only God is good. Imagine a world without 
any goodness whatsoever. Nothing good. That's what hell's all about. We proclaim the way of life, Jesus Christ. We remind each other, we declare it to each other, we excite each other, we help each other to to enjoy this that we might help other people to, to see who he is. There's a diagram that we're playing with at the moment, you may see somewhere along the line. We, we're on a continuum, or people are, uh, and there's the... Um, Great Commission that we call it. Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Lord, teaching them to deserve, observe all that I've commanded to you, and behold, I am with you at the end of the age. This is talking about this whole process that we... Just... Um, can you turn the volume down a sec, please? We've been bad through the mic. Any rate... Um, this whole process of this Great Commission is not just evangelism, but it's also discipling people and helping them to grow and to reach maturity. And we're supposed to be engaged in this, this whole process, which is great. Um, we proclaim the word in different ways. In one way, I proclaim the word to you when I say, if the Lord allows it, we will be able to join together next Sunday for worship here. You know, that's reminding you that tomorrow, the next second, is not in our hands, it's in God's hands. And um, and I'm going to camp on that for, for the next couple of years, I hope. Um, we can proclaim the word to each other and we can proclaim the word to those that don't know him. One of the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things is that Paul was saying our relationship with God, our salvation, our walk with him and a whole pile of other things, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God, that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself and not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Hey, what a privilege. More. Therefore, we, you and I, are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Well, okay, look, finishing up. Knowing the word means spending time with Jesus, seeking his will, looking to him for everything, being humble before him. Yeah. Knowing the word also includes memorising scripture, not so that it becomes information in our mind, but that it will transform us. We memorise scripture also because we don't always have it. Um, and it's just wonderful to be somewhere and a word come into your mind and you just know, hey, what I should be doing now. You can't do that if you don't haven't looked at the scripture. The other thing about knowing the word, allow it to change you. Allow it to transform you.
Live the word, humble yourself before God and offer yourself as a living sacrifice and enjoy God. Look to him for your joy. Seek him and you'll find him. Proclaim the word to each other over lunch. Um, tell about what God has done in your life. Um, help to excite each other about our wonderful God and you are our ambassadors for God. Christ, God making his appeal through you, declare to others. And do all of this for the glory of the name, to give God glory because he is glorious. Let's pray. Almighty God, you are indeed glorious. There is no one like you. We ask that you will lead us, teach us, transform us, Renew us, change us. Help us to become more like you. Help us to become more like our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to become more mature in our faith that we might be able to be a blessing as you have blessed us. Lord, help us to bless others as we present you who is all glorious. Amen. We're going to be standing in a moment and singing a song about Redemption Hill, the, the, the hill where, upon which we receive redemption in Jesus Christ.